This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You are listening to White the Ready to truck it. It's time for your Nooner with Dooner. How's everybody doing out there on this Monday? Get my clock winded, please. Thank you very much. It's happening, guys. Y'all have a great weekend? Before we start things here, before we jump into things, it's Monday, right? Let's not go too hard at first. Let's go to a song. Let's go to a song by Cowan's VP of Sales, Ben Shergi. Play the tape. I gotta have Ben back on. He did the Little Freight Mermaid about a month ago. He put this one out right now. It's Billy Eilish's or Eilish. Uh, I'm too old. Every load I wanted. I'm not a listener, obviously. I like I like it a little bit heavier. But that's the track. Now, before we get into things, too, I got a couple more things to get through here. One is this freight card report. You know, we talked about show this one. Yeah, we talked about that hundred million dollar heist, right, of the Brinks truck that happened a year ago out in California. Well, then someone sent me this freight card report, and it says Lewis, a driver, picked up a load of U.S. currency from Pennsylvania to Massachusetts. BOL states the dollar amount driver abandoned the trailer, proceeded home with tractor to wash. He had sex with his girlfriend, fell asleep, jumped in the tractor to go to work, went to get the trailer, and it was gone. He signed it. My apologies. The load had $364,000 of currency inside this trailer that he left on the side of the road overnight. Investigations are active via local police departments and the FBI. Gotta keep an eye on your trailer. Usually those have two drivers. I don't know. A couple of comments here. Simon Hartman said uh, they could have double they could have booked a double driver team as a standard for currency related transports over here. Yeah, I would think so, unless like his girlfriend was also his team driver. That would explain them both being in the house at the same time. Jim Waters, he wants a picture of the girlfriend. He says, is there one? Eric Williams, how in the world is currency tendered without an escort? Yeah, question a lot of people probably have in this space. Robert Pogue, whoever booked this load deserves the headaches they are going through. There's many safeguards you could have put in place in here. Barry Wimberly, Western out of Colorado, has armored semis. Two drivers each truck and both carry guns. They haul mint money. Yeah, pretty typical, pretty typical. Not the case here, though. Slavik Zizorik said... 
what did I just read? (laughs) I'm with you. Jake Nobles was the report submitted on a bar napkin. Rob Carpenter, I had the same situation happen, but it was an empty Merce container and rented chassis. Went missing for three months. You know how much per diem on an empty Merce box is for three months? Thank God it was a reefer. Well, thank God it wasn't a reefer. Yeah, I'm with you on that one right there. Um, And Snapshot Seek says, is it just me or are we seeing a lot more of those stories lately? I don't know. We're going to talk to Travis a little later today about theft, though, so we'll get into that. Uh, one more story, though, here. This is uh, Chase Barber. He'd been on the show before. He's, bringing his, he's building his Edison Motors truck for the logging industry where he builds a, an electric engine that fits onto the truck, and it helps build extra horsepower, cut down on emissions, and all of those kind of things. Well, he was just covered in fortune in a somewhat embarrassing light. Let's see how he took it. So I got interviewed by Fortune, the magazine company that does the Fortune 500 and that which as the CEO of a tech company, I am incredibly excited about. I think everyone wants to be featured in Fortune magazine. But my article is about how I still live in my parents' basement. So I literally got featured in Fortune for living in my parents' basement. Every business owner's dream right there, for sure. But if you want to check it out, it's actually a pretty good article. But, you know, of course, that is how I would be featured in Fortune. Yeah, so he was in Fortune there. He has that company, Edison Motors, I mentioned. They've raised about... A million and a half dollars, but the issue is he's been trying to buy a house. He's uh, got a fiance, and uh, by the way, I, he, he injured his arm recently too. So Chase, hope that's healing up all right. But he's trying to get a house, right? Uh, the market's gone insane up in Canada, as it has down here, but it's even worse up in Canada because uh, he's an entrepreneur. He doesn't. He, he's considered risky, so he needs that twenty percent to put down. Problem is, cost of houses just keep going up. So he talked to his parents, and he's building a house right in the back of their property. Maybe it's the way we got to go from now on, right? I don't know. Good on you, Chase. Anyway, on today's episode, I'm talking about cargo theft playbook that thieves are using this summer. Scott Cornell at Travelers shares how theft has gone strategic with identity theft, double brokering, and fictitious pickups. How and when do you hire drivers in a down market? Lane Finders, Matt's Holmbeck, is passionate about sitting drivers in seats. We'll find out the whys and hows of of his trucking-only job platform where drivers find and match the jobs they want. With 32 terminals across the country, Rotex is a leader in the LTL temperature-controlled space. Frank Hurst is here. He's going to talk to us all about LTL, challenges in the LTL space, what's good over at Rotex. Joe Antoshek from FreightWaves is here to talk about the Freight Tech 100. I always have people yelling at me after these things go out. Why wasn't I on it? Why wasn't I there? Well, we're going to tell you all the information you need to know, how you get considered, when the awards happen, and all that. Plus, we got a bunch of junk, but our guests are here, so I'm going to tip the band, and we'll get right into the program. This episode of What the Truck is sponsored by Last Mile Delivery Leader Freight. When you need the best Last Mile Delivery drivers and vehicles, look to Freight. Sign up and get your first three deliveries free, up to $300. Go to Freight.com and use First Three Free. That is F-A-F-R-A-Y-T.com. Slightly different spelling there. All right, now Scott Cornell, National Practice Lead for Transportation, Crime, and Theft Specialist, over at Travelers, I just mentioned before we came on, there's been no shortage of heist in, in, in my cases lately. It's been like jewelry and currency, but I bet you're going to tell me today that um, it's a big problem across the board. Yeah, it continues to be a big problem. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Nice to be on again. But uh, yeah, it, it continues to be a big problem. We, Last we, time we talked, I think it was household goods was in that number one spot. It, you know, shocker, it's changed again. It's gone back to food and beverages, the number one. Uh, you know, we see that jostling in that top three category, food and beverage, household goods, electronics, they move around a lot. But but we, we think, and I think we talked a long time ago that we thought food and beverage was going to come back to that number one spot. So 
Yeah, it seems likely, you know, economic conditions being what they are and all of that kind of thing. But how about strategic theft? Let's talk about that today. What is going on with strategic theft? What is it? Strategic theft is the problem right now, for sure. So years and years ago, we talked about, you know, that this could this could become a bigger problem. It certainly has. CargoNet reported, I think, uh, through the first quarter and the last part of 2022, that strategic theft was up over 800 percent. Uh, and that's a real problem. Right. And so and keep in mind, right, that's just what's being reported. That's not necessarily all thefts. That's just what's being reported. Wow. Wow. Okay. So this is a really ugly story. It's obviously increasing. We've covered this. We've covered at least the double brokering aspect a lot on what the truck, especially this year, there's been such a call and such a need. Can you tell us what's going on with it? Can you give us a little bit of context here? Why is it elevating that kind of thing? Yeah. So we've talked in the past, there's really two types of cargo theft, right? There's straight theft, which is the grab and go. They go out, they physically steal the cargo where it's sitting. You know, it brings back that old adage that cargo at rest is cargo at risk. There's, you know, some scheming that's involved in that. We've talked in the past how to follow the drivers out of the distribution centers and things like that. But it's it's pretty straightforward, which is why it's been called straight theft, right? Strategic theft, there's a lot of planning, thus the title strategic theft. And the two main types of that are identity theft uh, and double brokering. And then fictitious pickup usually comes in on that third. Now, a lot of people use that fictitious pickup name as the catch-all for the category, but the, the correct... Uh, vernacular there is going to be the strategic theft. And that's where they really trick you into giving them the cargo. There's a lot of planning that goes into that. Can you break that down for us? How are they tricking people into giving them the cargo? Why is this such a challenge for shippers, carriers to uh, they keep getting nailed by it? Sure. Let's, so we'll start with identity theft, which is the most common. And that's where they steal the identity of a legitimate trucking company. It's really no different than identity theft for a person, right? They steal the identity of a legitimate trucking company and they pretend to be that trucking company. They'll go on load boards. One of the techniques they use is they'll flood your phones. If they really want to load, if they're pretty sure what they're going to get in that load, they're really going to flood your phones. And they're going to, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure they get booked on that load. When they get that load, poof, they just disappear. They're, they're gone. Right. And then you start wondering why it's not showing up. You do a little research, you call the legitimate ABC trucking company and they say, yeah, we've, we've never done work with you. We didn't apply for that load. And you realize you've hired somebody else. Uh, the next most common method is double brokering scams, which really starts with identity theft. It's that same group pretending to be ABC trucking. They get booked on the load. Then they turn around and they will book that load to a legitimate trucking company. Now, I always want to be clear, and you and I have talked about this in the past, those legitimate trucking companies have no idea that they're being booked by a bad guy. They're just doing what they do every day. They go out, they pick up the load, and, and they move the load where they're being told to. But it really starts with that identity theft, and they turn around and they do that double brokering. Interesting. You, I think you mentioned three. What was the third aspect or third most popular form of this strategic theft? Fictitious pickup is uh, the third most used one. There's a bunch in that category, right? But these are the main three. And fictitious pickup is when you've probably done everything right. You've vetted the carrier. The carrier is legit. You know, you're the freight broker. You've got a legitimate carrier. You schedule them to go at one o'clock on Friday to pick up that load. And the bad guys show up maybe 11 o'clock on Friday, pretend to be the legitimate trucking company picking it up. They get loaded. They take off. Your legitimate trucking company shows up at one o'clock like they're supposed to, but that's when everybody realizes there's a problem. The load's already been given to somebody and they're gone. 
Ugh. So any tips for people? Because you know you, we have identity theft, we've got double brokering theft scams, and now we got fictitious pickup. We got three spinning plates here. What kind of tips do you have for people out there trying to protect themselves? The first thing I would say, you know, Craig Leinauer, uh, my colleague here, he's been on with you talking about double brokering in the past. So let's make sure that we understand the difference, right? Double brokering is largely frowned upon in the industry, right? But it's when you give it to a legitimate trucking company and then they turn around and they rebroker it, they ship it out. You know, usually there's no theft involved in that. It's just double brokering and it's frowned upon, but it's it's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is when they use that identity theft yeah. to get the load and then turn around and broker it so that they can steal it. So two different things. Just wanted to make sure, you know, that we're getting the difference down between those two things. Definitely different, two different categories. The biggest thing is you really have to know who you're doing business with. You have to get a good vetting process in place. Like TAP is coming out with the freight broker standards that are going to set a global standard for carrier vetting uh, through freight brokers. There's other third party resources out there. We've talked about Cargonet. They give us the numbers. But a lot of times, you know, if you throw a, a carrier name in the Cargonet system, it'll pop up if there's been problems in the past. But the key there is you really have to know who you're doing business with. You really have to make sure that that person you're brokering the load to is who you think they are. Mm. Mm. Scott, before I let you go, any more resources people can look up at this or, or, or just ways to protect themselves This as, as this information just keeps getting worse and worse? Yeah. So, you know, we talk, we have our resources here. We have our special investigations group. Our team will go out and teach our clients how to vet those carriers. I would encourage people to take a look at those TAPA standards that are coming out and, and get involved in organizations like TAPA, which is a nonprofit. So there's really, you know, there's nothing there other than that, that pure idea of trying to bring good standards to the industry. Um, CargoNet is a great resource for these types of things. And there's some other ones that are coming out to the market that uh, I think we'll be able to talk about in the future. Very cool. Scott, thank you so much for your time. Everybody go check out travelers.com and, you know, make sure that person on the other end of the line is uh, the person that you think it is. Growing, growing problem over here. Good to see you, Scott. Take care. Take it easy. All right, everybody. Meanwhile. Feeling like a cowgirl. Let me ready it, huh? Hee-haw, yes. You got me feeling like a cowgirl. Let me ready it, huh? You're probably wondering what's going on. If gang you gang. are on TikTok, you're probably wondering what's going on. If you're over the age of 25, you're probably wondering what the hell is going on. Well, I was too. Thankfully, Trung Fan, because these things are starting to be everywhere now. Trung Fan said the wild TikTok live performer video makes so much more sense when you see the pricing of gifts. Gang Gang and ice cream are the cheapest. You only get one coin when you say that. So she's up there. She's saying like all these phrases of things that people are gifting them. Had and mustache, that's 99 coins. But there's like a whole currency and pricing system to this. 100 coins is worth about $1.29. So one coin is about $1.3, right? But according to Know Your Meme, TikTok creators can't convert their gifts into real-world money. Did you understand this struggle that they were having? Do you empathize with it, people? Instead, they have to trade these gifts in for virtual diamonds. And get this, TikTok takes a 50% cut upon conversion. What a racket. What a racket they got going on over there. I, we, we're on TikTok. What the truck is, we do pretty good over there. Got, like, at least 30,000 followers. We haven't done one of these live streams yet. Maybe I need to. I don't know. Maybe after I talk to Frank Hurst, Executive Vice President of LTL at Echo Global Logistics. And guess what, Frank? We are both ex-FedEx. That's right. Hey, Tim, how you doing? What's up, man? Good to see you. Where are you sitting, hey, at, to- where are you sitting you. at today? I'm in my house in, uh, in uh, right outside Chicago. So it's uh, good to see you. Last time we were, I was in person in Chattanooga. So we're getting the band back together. 
It has, it has, but I think that you've, you you might have switched logos recently, if I'm not mistaken. You are with a new company called Road Tex, and I would like to know a little bit about it. Can you tell us? Sure, for sure. Yeah, so it's uh, it's great. So Road Tex is it's a great story about two serial entrepreneurs, uh, Bruno Ciacciarelli and Bob Kelly, who founded a business uh, in 1992. Uh, it was all around service and the customer. So it's um, uh, it's a great business of so temperature-controlled LTL and, and warehousing. Uh, and Echo purchased, Echo Gold Logistics purchased the business in June of uh, 2022, so about, about a year ago. Interesting. So you came in after a purchase. You know what you're getting into. Why, why did you join the team here before we even get into what you all do? Sure. So I've, you know, I've known the, uh, the team at Echo for a long time, whether as, uh, as a carrier for them with other companies or just as, uh, as, as personal relations. And I love the culture at Echo. I love the people there. And uh, it was a great opportunity where they had acquired Rotex. And, uh, you know, when, when Echo acquires companies, they look at it as, as not just as what's the, what's the value of the company and, and how can they create value to that organization, but more along the lines, who's the cultures made so much sense. And so I was actually with our team last week out in uh, Somerset, does a fantastic job. And we were talking about the similarities between the Echo core values and the core values that Rotex had uh, and has and how the, how the blending is, is so important. And so you think about one of the echo values is uh, do what's right. And Bruno and Bob talk all the time about it. it takes 32 years to create a reputation and a brand, and it takes one uh, failure to, uh, to change that. And so you know, I think there's a lot of similarities in our business, and uh, it's all around service, and it's a really unique offering in, in the LTL um, warehousing business within Temp Control. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. What is unique about Rotex offerings? What makes, what makes you guys special? So we've uh, so we specialize in temperature-controlled LTL and warehousing solutions. We've got 32 markets across the country uh, that have over 2 million square foot of, of warehouse space. And we're all around. We're all about taking care of the customer, providing uh, service, because you know, all of our customers are, are shipping into mass merchants and big box retailers. Uh, and so that's, you know, that can be somewhat of a daunting type uh, ex- uh, expertise uh, to ship into those big box retailers. And so you can't miss the uh, must-arrive-by dates or the rad dates that we have. And so really it makes us difference is that we're really one of the nation's only nationwide provider of temp-controlled LTL solutions with 98 99% on-time delivery to that rad, uh, which really makes it unique in our business uh, from, a, from a temp-control standpoint. Frank, those are some good numbers. Little cowbell for that. That on-time percentage is is really, really good. So Echo has to look at this. They're out there making acquisitions. You know, they're deciding they want Rotex. What does what is what does Rotex do that makes uh, Echo unique now? What's un- how does it differentiate what Echo is already doing? Yeah, it's a great question. So we've got a fantastic offering today, which is um, is temperature controlled and chilled consolidation from a truckload perspective. We have to, it's been a great business for us uh, for a long time. And Echo saw the value in temperature control because there's not many players in our market, quite honestly. Um, and we've got the customers within Echo and the, and the breadth of carriers and services that we provide. And Rotex was an excellent addition into that for those customers we have with uh, that need temp control uh, LTL needs. At the same time, uh, it's a warehousing component, which is more than just warehousing. It's truly complete warehousing solutions and distribution services uh, in, the, in the over 2 million square feet of, of markets that we have. So it was, it was a great addition because of the customers we have uh, at Echo that needed this service. And I think especially right now, what you're hearing from all of our customers about service. 
you ring the cowbell for service and our customers keep ringing that bell all the time is that after a couple of years of really challenging um, supply chain disruptions, our customers are all talking about on-time service. And so when you have a culture like Rotex and the men and women that work really 24-7, seven days a week, we're delivering nice weekends all times to these mass merchants and it's all around service. And so when you take the service of a great carrier like Rotex and mirror it with, uh, with the solutions we provide Echo, we felt that it was uh, kind of a match made in heaven, quite honestly, Tim. Now, Frank, aside from it being like 100 plus degrees everywhere in the northern hemisphere this summer, um, what are the biggest challenges in LTL temperature controlled right now? You know, we talk a lot about regular LTL and we've heard about a lot of drama going on in, in that space. But how about in temperature controlled? Yeah, temperature control is a completely different beast, right? And so, and you hit it, is that when it's, so we were talking with, um, you know, our, our director in the Southeast last week, and he was talking about the challenges in Florida, right? Because it is over 100 degrees in the Southeast. And so really what's, what's important is having the data and visibility around temperature controlled and monitoring. So all of our facilities are food grade warehouses, FDA certified, and we monitor the temperature in every one of our facilities as well as all of the equipment that's moving up and down the road. Um, so that's what customers want to know is that make sure that there's no fluctuations in temperature. We're maintaining that 50 to 65 degrees for those sensitive products. And we're handling a lot of food grade uh, products as well. So compliance regulations around uh, food and safety are extremely important. Um, and then, as you can imagine, with the types of product that we have that are going into big box retailers, these are expensive items. At the same time, they've got a shelf life. And if they don't meet those RAD dates or must arrive by dates, they get the penalties and charges coming back to them. So maintaining and partnering with a carrier like Rotex that provides the service and the peace of mind at the same time from a cost control is really important because in temp control, it's not just about the price of the physical movement. It's about the inventory that they have, the cost carrying costs of inventory, potential chargebacks. And when you, when you factor all that in, our customers really want to partner with somebody that they know is going to, going to make those rad dates and must arrive by dates and has the breadth of capabilities that we have in our warehousing solutions. Wow. Anything else in temp control LTL that we should know about, especially if you know, you're a shipper out there trying to get ahead of things? I reach out to Rotex. I think that's, uh, that's the key is that you know, we've, got a, we've got a great team and um, uh, we've got one of our, our flagship facilities is in Greenfield, Indiana. Um, and uh, Craig Gatto runs our, our warehousing facilities group. It is a complete value-added service with um, forward stocking, positioning, display building. Uh, so a lot of flexibility for, for customers that ship into big box retailers. We can actually take the dredge, take the product in our facilities, do the kitting, display building, and then uh, in, a, in a very clean environment. And then it runs through a transportation network uh, for on-time and intact in-full deliveries. Uh, to uh, to our mass merchants, and then just I think that the key is that um, that we've got a nationwide footprint. We deliver live by PO, so there's no sailing schedules with Rotex. It's basically on demand. You call us, we'll be there today to make the pickup and tell us when the rat or must arrive by date is, and your product deliver on time and in full at the right temperature uh, range that, that you're expecting. So it's uh, it's it's a it's a great business, and just want to get our, get the word out to a lot of customers to reach out to us. Well, Frank, very cool. Thank you so much for stopping by the show today. People want to go visit the website. Where do I send them? Go to uh, www.rotex.com or you can go to echo.com as well. 
and they can they can see us as well. I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, so reach out to me at any time, and we'd love to make a connection. Really appreciate you having us on the show today. Thank you so much for stopping by. Take care. All right, take care. See you. All right. Episode of What the Truck is sponsored by Last Mile Delivery Leader Freight. When you need the best last mile delivery drivers and vehicles, look to Freight. Sign up and get your first three deliveries free up to $300. Go to Freight.com and use the code FIRST3FREE. That's Freight, F-R-A-Y-T.com. All right, elsewhere, let's take a look at some helicopters over here. This says, uh, this is how guys react every time they see a helicopter fly outside their house. And I'm not going to lie, and it's not just like adult guys. My little boys run outside. And they do that, too. you got to look up. You don't know what the helicopter's bringing. Could be a drone. Tim Boney said, this is so friggin' true. I'm guilty of doing this every time. Even my five-year-old twin boys have to look up until they see it. Every single time. Richard Moreland, I also do this when planes fly overhead, and I live near an airport. He's looking up a lot. Eric Watson Jr., yeah, so what? Old Rusty Truck, they get my attention. The Uncle Douge, or the Under Douge, grown men reacting like my four-year-old. What do you got to say about it, the under douche? Ramoro, I think, I think of the scene from Goodfellas. That's a great one when he's getting all paranoid and he's driving his car and he's got the helicopters flying overhead. La Cabronis says, uh, I love it when we, are, when we are out at recess and all the children go crazy yelling at the helicopter like they've never seen one before. It's awesome. And Asian Bay says, not just men, I do the same thing. I want to see where the airplane's at. Matt Holmbeck, CEO at Lane Finder. Matt, you go running. Matt, you go running outside looking for that helicopter every time. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Every single time, Dooner, I'm telling you, I actually did that yesterday. <laughs> you, you I did it literally yesterday. So I was sitting here, I was laughing. That's me. Every time I hear something in the sky, I'm running outside. It's just the way it is. That's you. What's going on, man? I, I love your mood. I like the whole background you're in right now. Where are you hanging out today? Uh, hanging out at the office here in, uh, here in Tampa. So I got, this, uh, I got this done here for you, Dooner, today, just to make sure that nobody misses the Lane Finder logo. I got my hat on. I got I got the background. Everything is in place. So no, uh, hopefully it looks good on camera too. You do the same thing I do. Whenever I'm on my own camera, I use a little one ear pod. You guys have ear pods. They, they make tremendous listening device. You don't have to have big headphones in your head. You just pop one of those in and you're, you're good to go for the interview. The conversation's in the brain. You got to love it. It's, it's in the brain. I love to hear it. Well, let's put something in drivers' brains. Drivers who do not know, what is Lane Finder? So Lane Finder... You know, we began our path uh, back in uh, 2019, and you know, quite frankly, the the U.S. trucking industry, as big as it is, as important as it is, being the second largest industry in the U.S. and I I like to argue, uh, in fact, it's it's one of the most important industries in the world because if the U.S. trucking industry isn't working, um, and the U.S. being the locomotive for the entire world economy, then nothing works, right? Now, if you look at, uh, at virtually every other skilled labor force, um, such as you know healthcare, construction, everybody has their own dedicated labor marketplace or jobs marketplace that is solely focused on that industry. And we came out and we said, you know what? The trucking industry really deserves 
to have its own jobs marketplace that is only tailored to trucking. Because if you can, if you can make that work, you can really solve uh, a lot of the challenges that most of the companies are experiencing today when, when hiring drivers. And from the driver side, um, you know, everybody knows that the job search process is completely broken. And it's broken for both, really broken for both sides of the equation. So trucking companies today, not only uh, do they have to run their day-to-day operation, but they basically also have to be professional recruiters in order to keep their trucks filled. And drivers, they don't really know where to go to find that right job. And so a lot of the, so to say, kind of job search experience is left to word of mouth, you know, talking to other drivers at the truck stop. What do you think about your job, et cetera? And so we're here to fix that. Why? Like, what is your why? Because you're a co-founder over there and you also well, have Ucruit, right? Are Ucruit, hold on, clear up one thing for me. Ucruit and LaneFinder, what is the difference or are they, are they the same thing? So actually, Ucruit is, um, Ucruit was the first company that we launched. And Ucruit was what you call an applicant tracking system. And so an applicant tracking system is basically a piece of recruitment software that companies use in order to find and hire talent. And so we started that in 2012. And uh, we were in 40 different countries. We were in every single industry vertical. But around 2018, we stumbled upon the trucking industry to begin with. And when we did that, Dooner, a lot of interesting things happened. So we actually started off by closing down the trucking industry because we had hundreds and hundreds of of truck driver recruiters that were using the software, but not as it was intended to. Mm. And so, so, so we realized, well, we're not really catering in the way that we would like to towards the trucking industry. And so I sent out an email at the time we had about 18,000 companies using the Ucruit platform, but in, again, every single vertical worldwide. And so, but we closed down the trucking industry because they weren't using it as intended. And a funny thing happened then is that my phone started ringing off of the hook. And I had a very interesting conversation with, uh, with the truck driver recruiter who said, you know, they're running their entire operation based off of the Ucruit platform. And when we started digging into all of the challenges in the trucking industry, we felt that this needs its own, its own jobs platform. Today, you know, over 8,000 companies have signed up to LaneFinder. Uh, we have more trucking companies and, and, and trucking jobs than any other uh, trucking-specific jobs platform out there today. And so we're, we're super proud of that. You know, the companies, they're buying into the vision that we have. And uh, here, several years later, we're proud to, to have what we feel is uh, by far the, the, the strongest and most technologically advanced jobs platform for trucking. So, like recruiters, like these trucking recruiters, they jump on the platform like a bunch of speed runners trying to trying to break the game. Or Velociraptors, they start opening the kitchen door with their with their hands. How hard was it to yeah. make, like? Was it was it obvious you had to make a pivot from here? Because you said you shut it down. Was this a tough conversation on how to like restructure? And now this is actually Lane Finder. Um, well, so so if if I kind of go into you know, how LameFinder and a trucking-specific jobs platform is different from other jobs platforms, right? Yeah. You have the traditional jobs platforms that have been around for 20 years. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you an example. If, if we pretend you and I now that, uh, let's say that, 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 you're, that you're a driver and you're looking for work, okay? You're looking for a W-2 position. You want to do flatbed driving, but 
maybe you have a bad back and you don't want to do any tarping. How crazy does that sound? I'm telling you, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, let's say that you have a dog. I, I'm a big dog person. I love to have dogs. And so if I were to go drive, I would need to find a company that would accept me with, with having a pet policy and me bringing my dog. But that's only one piece of the equation. That's what I'm looking for. And I can tell you, if you were to go out and try to find that job and then add on to, let's say that you have 27 months experience. But let's also say there, Duna, that you've had a couple of moving violations in the, in the last three years. How would you go out right now finding a flatbed job without tarping, getting you home every other weekend, allowed you to bring your dog and that you knew that you were qualified for? No, you, you mentioned a great thing here, like because these maybe if an outsider, these sound like silly or like simple things or that you can work it out with your recruiter once you talk to them. But no, these are quality of life things for a driver. And these are things that will make them jump to another company that can provide those things. There's plenty of carriers that let you bring a dog. There's plenty of carrier. Well, I don't know if there's plenty, but there might be some carriers that are flatbeds that don't need you to tarp at all. I mean, there might be one out there, but you're right. There's no way to find it. You're just throwing darts at a dartboard. You got to spend a ton of time dealing with these recruiters who will hound you and lie to you anyway. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, I, and the way that, that that truck drivers do this today is they go out to general job sites. They put in, just like what you said, from the outside looking in, everybody thinks that a truck driver is a truck driver, right? But inside the industry, we all know that there's a thousand different ways of being a truck driver. You know, you go to a general job site, you put in class A driver and an area where you live. That's all you can do. Then you're going to get a couple of thousand results back, and then you have to call 30, 40, 50 carriers, and you have to literally ask them on the phone, can I bring my dog? Am I going to be home every other weekend? Uh, is this a flatbed job? Is it regional? Which states am I going to be running? Are you hiring out of my zip code? I mean, there's so many questions to be asked. So even uh, even what we've heard uh, many, many times is that drivers, they even get burner phones because their phone never blow, it starts blowing up as soon as they leave their details out there. We protect all that. Uh, for them as well, so they never have to be concerned about it either. Uh, but that's that's just the reality of of, of what it is to being a, being a driver trying to find the right job. And then on the flip side, if you're a motor carrier and you're looking for somebody, what then happens is that drivers, they, they start calling you. You have to answer a ton of questions on each call just to be able to get across your message about what type of job that you have. Uh, obviously, these are very important questions for the driver. So what happens is when a driver goes to lane finder, they already know everything that there is to know about your job because they basically tailored it. They put in every single one of the criteria that they're looking for. If your job comes up, it's a perfect match for the driver. And they already know that they're also qualified for your job. So the companies, they save a ton of time. Uh, they don't have to answer the same questions again and again. And the drivers, they know that they're qualified and this is the perfect job for them. So that's also why our application to hire ratio is uh, is through the roof. You know, I just heard a story yesterday from uh, my friend Squirt. He's a flatbed driver. He decided to become an owner-operator, and um, it's not working out. He's just done the financials. He's making like 39 cents a mile. And he's like, you know what? I want to yeah. switch to be – I want to go back to W2. I want to be a company driver and drive tanker. Guess what? He can't yeah. hear from anybody. Like, there's really no sort of guidance on what to do to make that jump. And again, if you're not in the industry, you just think a truck's a truck. What's the difference? It must be so easy. Yeah. And even if there isn't, even if you're in the industry and you go, well, look, the, the market's super loose, right? The market's super loose. Right. Now, it must be so easy to find a driver. But regardless of driver shortage or not, there's always been two problems. One is finding a good qualified driver. And two is for the driver finding a good qualified job. 
So the jobs exist, but finding Definitely. the right one is the challenge. That's 100% correct. Finding the right job is very difficult. I mean, just the example that I gave now, if, if, you, if, you, if you translate that to your friend in the industry, you can, you can clearly see the problem yourself. How do I find that job? Where are they? Are they hiring out of my place? You know, does the jobs that are out there match exactly what I'm looking for? Am I going to be qualified? So there's so much, there's so much uh, resources that are just wasted you know, on the company side, having to have this complete infrastructure in place just to handle, just to handle and make sure that their trucks are always operating. Uh, at full capacity. I mean, it's to me, it's it's um, I don't know. It's ludicrous the way that it's been and in the, in the way that it has been working. So, so we're super proud of our solution, and uh, the carriers are loving it. The drivers are loving it, and um, yeah. So, well, let me ask you. Exciting to be able to offer that. Yeah, it, it's like uh, it's no secret. It's a down market, right? So, how can carriers right? find another hiring solution in today's market? Is is hiring even a focus in today's market? So I would say that the main difference today, and that's such a great question too, because the main difference, if you look a couple of years ago and you were talking to a company, they'd say, well, you know, just give me as many applications as you can. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy trucks, right? Because there's money to be made. The main difference between a couple of years ago and today is that today fleets are really, I would say in a lot of cases, and especially for the smaller to mid-sized fleets, they're trying to, to their main focus being keeping the trucks that they have seated. So they're not necessarily going out there saying, you know, I'm going to go get another five trucks or, or whatever. They need to have the trucks that they have seated. So that's difference number one. And quite frankly, in today's market with razor thin margins, companies just, they can't afford the old pay up front advertising models and recruitment models uh, with the margins that they're, worth they're looking at like today, because companies basically, they're paying thousands of dollars, right? They're hoping to get a driver in, then when they get a driver in, they're just praying that that driver stays long enough for them to recoup the cost that they have. So what we decided to do uh, in this market is that we actually launched a, a pay for hire, but also a pay as you go model to where companies, they, own, they only pay when they hire a driver and the driver is actively making money on a weekly basis. Um, so even if a driver quits or is terminated, payment stops. So as opposed to virtually every other hiring solution out there, Dooner, with LaneFinder, companies always make money and have zero risk in their hiring process. Well, everyone loves to hear that. Everyone loves to hear that. Well, Matt, where do people go to learn more and check out LaneFinder? And I'll tell my, my buddy Squirt, he's trying to get in that uh, other game, in the Tanker game, to go check it out too. Absolutely. We can't, ha we can't wait to get Squirt to download the LaneFinder app. So you can find us in the App Store, uh, LaneFinder. Just search for LaneFinder or on Google. Uh, type in uh, find a trucking job. You're going to see us all over the place on LaneFinder there uh, or obviously LaneFinder.com. Cool. Thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate your time today. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Th take care. All right. Let's take a, let's take a look you at what a, what a driver's journey in a truck looked like for nine months. Over here. This is uh, Kirby UOR. He's a Redditor. said his favorite stop during all this was Terre Haute, Indiana. His biggest nightmare construction on I-70. Look at that traveling. There's just something cathartic about just watching this happen. Freight moving through the world. Bob Boosie, he says, such a cool graphic, really paints a picture of his travels. Literally paints a picture. I have to ask why Terre Haute, Indiana. I only ask my mom's side of the family is from there. Well, I did a little research on this one, Rob. Square donuts. Don't need to say more? 
Why else? Why else go to Tarot other than Square Donuts? Joseph Meatney says, almost looks like the Slither Snake game when you create a boundary and gobble up the smaller trucking companies. Yeah, go get it, Kirby. Eric E. Thornton, why... Why have I watched this video five times already? Logistics has consumed my brain. Awesome graphic. Yeah, it's the only thing that gives me dopamine, too. Daryl Tanner says, absolutely fascinating. Travis Winnen has to be a reefer with the KSIA stops. Maybe visiting my friends in Smithfield in Tar Heel, North Carolina. Gary Danucci, if you didn't like I-70 now, just wait. It gets worse. They're getting ready to add two lanes across the state, so even more construction. And um, Ethan Jones, I-80 corridor, head hall after head hall. All right, Joe Antoshek, supply chain research and analyst over at Freeways. What's up, Joe? What's up, Dooner? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. You ever go out for nine months in a truck? That looked fun. I have not. Uh, it does look fun. It's a great graphic. I need like, so that was like June. It was nine months, like June, nine months forward from there. Maybe like June to March. Is that my math? That sounds about right, right? Six, six, nine. Yeah, that's about right. I trust you. I would like to see us do like a, a sonar graphic. You know that elevated map chart that shows if Kirby was going in the right spots and how much money he got himself or cost himself. Now that's an idea. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll write that down. See what we can do. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, if you get that, and if he, if they can turn that around, our awesome team will show that here because you know these guys are wicked smart when it comes to freight tech. That's why they run a thing called the Freight Tech. 100. Now, you might not know about what the Freight Tech 100 is, but the ones that do, they get really anxious about this. They get really antsy if their name's not on there. I get I get angry uh, DMs and voicemails and text messages. So I thought it'd be a good idea to bring you on and tell people about this whole process so they don't feel left out or discluded. So let's start there. What is the Freight Tech 100, Joe? Yeah, so the Freight Tech 100, uh, this is sort of the first stage in our Freight Tech Award Series every year. Essentially, what we do is we open up nominations, which, by the way, are open now. So if you go to freighttech.com slash awards, you get a couple of clicks, and you can find your way to the nomination form. Um, separately, you can Google Freight Tech 2024 nominations. You'll find it. Uh, but essentially what happens, we open up for nominations. Uh, we take those nominations after about a month and a half, two months. Uh, Freightways Research, along with our market experts and some of our journalists, are going to come together and vote on these companies, which, you know, by the time we're done, we'll probably have 500 to 1,000 nominations. We're going to boil that down to 100 companies that we feel are most deserving of the Freight Tech 100. Uh, and from that point, the Freight Tech 100 goes to an independent panel. We're not part of this at all. Uh, and they vote on the Freight Tech 25. And this is something that we announce at uh, our F3 festival. Yeah, no, it's going to be really exciting. Um, now, you mentioned it was decided. So the process has, is already ongoing, is it not? Like you have to you go to that website and you start putting the nominations now. How many, how many nominations do you need to be considered? Is it only one? So it is just one. Uh, right now, so in the last week, we've gotten 110, 115 responses. So they're already coming in. Uh, and they're open until September 1st. 9-1 is when we're closing them off. So keep that in mind if you're thinking about nominating yourself or another company. But right, all you need is a single nomination. It's not like a popularity count where the companies that have more nominations are automatically uh, considered uh, you know, a better freight tech company. And in fact, what I've been telling people is I'm doing the rounds to you know, let everyone know that nominations are open. Uh, really, really encourage people who are nominating or thinking about nominating to prioritize quality over quantity. Uh, it is way more valuable to have a good, you know, thorough but concise nomination, just one of them, uh, from either yourself or a, a, a customer, 
than it is to have, you know, 20 sort of half-baked nominations. Um, we're going to consider both companies in this equation, but really, I mean, having a good nomination is really what's going to make the difference for you. You know, this this year's is interesting, too, because we're in a different inflection point than we have been in the past, where the wards themselves have matured, as have the companies. But with that has come a different economy and has come people with different expectations from how valuable a lot of these companies have been and what they even the definition there is. Like how many arguments and debates have the, have been this year over like, is a digital brokerage really freight tech or is it just a brokerage with an app and all those kind of things? So this year's a pretty big proving ground, in my opinion. I completely agree. And, and that's uh, another thing I've been thinking a lot about and talking about a lot is that like, I think that, that this year is particularly exciting because it has been a really challenging year for a lot of companies in the space. You know, I mean, the, 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 the companies actually transporting the goods for sure, but then also these freight tech companies that are, you know, maybe not transporting the goods, but offering a service and, and exist somewhere in the freight tech space. Um, they've gone from sky high valuations, right? Where it felt like, uh, unicorns were being crowned uh, pretty frequently from like 2020 to maybe early 2022 uh, to where now funding has has largely dried up. Uh, a lot of these companies have had some pretty, pretty visible layoff rounds. Uh, and so you have these kind of like momentum killers that you may have an incredible product and you may have a great customer base, right? Like, a, a, you know, you, you may have a, a lot of money in annual recurring revenue, Um but right, things have changed a lot. So I think that what makes this year so exciting is that uh, it's the kind of environment where if you are a younger company and you you planned out this cycle and you've just had these like momentum, excuse me, momentum growers uh, leading up to this point, I think this is the kind of year where you really make a splash. You know, at least that's that's my pet theory. That's that's kind of what I'm running with. Who are uh, who, what company are you in? What's the legacy of this? Uh, who who are some of the past Freight Tech Twenty Five winners? Yeah, so so we have a. Uh, I think there's there's somewhere between five and ten companies that have been on the Freight Tech Twenty Five. And again, this is like the most exclusive list. Uh, each year we've done it, and this is going to be our sixth year. So uh, Project Forty Four won last year, and I believe they've they've won the last two years. Uh, we got Amazon Freight on there. JB Hunt has been on there. Uh, I don't have the list up in front of me, but the, pretty much all of the companies that uh, have won uh, a Freight Tech 25 recognition, uh, you know, in each of the years, everyone in the freight world is going to know who they are. They're, they're, they're the big names. They're, they're, for the most part, who you would expect. Um, but in addition to that, last year, we had something like 10 newcomers to the Freight Tech 25 who had never won a Freight Tech 25 award. So fingers crossed, we'll see... Um, uh, more more movement like that, right? More sort of uh, uh, jostling. I think it's really good for the industry. It's indicative of strong progress being made. If kind of we're 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 seeing the the power line shift. Now, who's uh who is your and and I know we don't have results or anything, but if you were a judge or a voter, who would be your front runner for the Freight Tech 100 right now? Not necessarily oh boy! Winner. Well, <laughs> who do you think is going to be tough to? I mean, P forty four Amazon have been historically tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you, what I will say, and, and I do have to be careful because, right, I, I am involved in the process of the Freight Tech one hundred, but I don't think anyone needs to feel too concerned that these giant names are going to fall off the Freight Tech one hundred. Um, that's not 
that that would be highly unexpected. I mean, it's not just up to me. So I'm 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 not saying like I'm going to prevent it from happening or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, it, it the Freytech 100 is a lot more all encompassing. But as I noted earlier, right, the Freytech 25 that's something out of our hands. That's that's the more potentially chaotic one where it's like there might be some decisions made by this independent panel of judges that people, uh, you know, don't expect. Um, but right. Freight tech 100. Uh, we are going to announce that September 18th, I think. So, um, keep an eye out and, uh, uh, that's when we'll have the list live. All right. Well, this is a little bit easier one. How about a dark horse that will make the 25 for the first time? Anything you like out there? Oh boy. Well, I got to say, okay. So, I will offer what I think is probably the best dark horse right now, just given that um, they didn't really exist uh, when when we had our, our Freight Tech Awards last year. And that is Highway. I think Highway has has really built up a lot of momentum this year, and they've put themselves in a great position to write, not only make the Freight Tech 100, uh, but I think that given their sort of executive experience and leadership, um, in addition to them having what seems to be a pretty viable solution for a pretty topical problem being fraudulent double brokering, I think that they've put themselves in a very good position to be voted into the Freight Tech 25 by this year's judges. Uh, I say that I am not a part of that at all. So this is not, uh, it's yeah. not an endorsement, just my opinion. Hey. I needed something fun. You're on what the truck. I can't have a bunch of non-answers. I would you'd get cowbelled for that. Joe, people who want to go vote now, they want to get involved. They need their company on the radar. They need their company to be considered. Where do I send them to? Yeah, so so go to freightwaves.com forward slash awards. Uh, and that'll take you to a page where um, I think you're maybe two clicks away or whatever. Uh, you can also just Google Freight Tech 2024 nominations, and that'll take you right to it. Um, either way, right. You'll come to a page where it's like a Google form embedded in the page. Uh, and, and it should be pretty straightforward from there. One thing I do want to note, we have a couple new questions in the nomination this year, including if your company has experienced any layoffs in the last 12 months, I know that's a touchy subject. Um, we encourage nominators to answer honestly, but if you don't know, if you're nominating a company that's not your own, it's okay to say, I don't know. Um, and it won't, you know, disqualify you if you say yes, that's okay. all. Okay, very cool. Well, Joe, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dinner. Take it easy. All right, guys, let's look at a few videos before I send you home. Here was some protest action going on. This was uh, overseas, actually. Roll this tape. Yeah, so a bunch of climate protesters are sitting here. They've been doing that all day. They were sitting in the road, and this driver, he finally had enough. The only issue is here, he's starting to put his hands on people. He's starting to get into assault. Starting to move people. I know how frustrating it can be. It ain't worth it, though, driver. It ain't worth it. This was a high ring in Strasland. Drivers were extremely aggressive for a few minutes. Police were thankfully able to calm the situation. But if you see, the, the guy drives over. He's almost running this guy down who comes right in front of his, his uh, truck. Now, if you remember during, like, the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff, there were a couple incidents where drivers actually hit protesters as they got in front of the truck. Look, climate people, you see how high that driver is up that he's sitting? Don't get cute and sit in front of the truck. You're going to die. Your family's going to miss you. Nothing's going to happen to the environment. You're just going to hurt the carbon footprint with your dead body in there in his coffin. 
All right, guys. Turn that one down. Here's actually really important right here. Now, here's a company that needs your help. This is CDL Tier. CDL Tier helps drivers who are in a bad way. They help them get financial assistance. Think drivers who just lost their job or were left on the side of the road without a fuel card. Well, Tear says, we are unfortunately out of funding to help anyone at this time. We urge drivers to realize that many companies are close to bankruptcy due to freight rates being low and freight demand slow. Please make a plan to get yourself home should the company suddenly terminate you. They're in trouble at the worst time possible. If you can help at all, reach out to CDL Tier. Anyway, especially some of the big dogs I know, some of the guys out there with some wallets. I know you're out there. Help out CDL Tier. They help out the drivers. And if you do and you want to be known about it, I'll be happy to put you on here too to, so you can talk all about it because they need it. All right. And again, that's Tier. T-E-A-R. It's an acronym. Go look them up. All right. Here's what trucking was like in the early 2000s. You young guys out there, you don't really know or some of you want to get nostalgic. Here's a semi-truck police chase. This happened in Dallas, Texas on November 7th, 2001. Um, a little story behind this. Matthew Cipolla says an unemployed truck driver has received a 99-year prison term for stealing a tractor-trailer rig loaded with lumber and leading authorities on a 90-minute chase through Dallas as the truck's cargo caught fire. You can see that in this video. Bernice Wilson received, this, received the sentence Thursday from the Dallas jury. The November 7th robbery following a three-day trial and more than two hours of jury deliberation. He, um, wow, he's facing a second degree. I think this guy, this guy got a long time in prison. Uh, they put him in life without parole over this entire chase, and it turns out, there's that fire again, it turns out he also faced two unrelated charges for using a stolen tow truck to steal another car in his home state of Missouri, so guy was kind of a menace. I don't know if he's still alive. If he is, he's probably still sitting there in jail. Justin Shepard says eastbound and down. Morgan Kerhorn says break 19 for the rubber duck. I think you have a smoky on your tail. Oh, and your tail is smoking too. Over. Aaron Hader says uh, some might say the good old days. Bat Matthew Zirin, back in the day when on-time delivery actually meant something. Christopher Grassi, so polite with that turn signal. Antonio Quisita, lumber liquidators commercial. Marcus Hilbert, he must be running late. I hope so. I hope so. Let's take a look at another truck. This one's a little bit more legal. This is a Tesla Semi versus the Donner Pass. People have been uh, questioning these Tesla Semis. Are they any good? Well, the Tesla fans, they put this video out. And they're like, man, look at it cooking all those trucks. Look, it just passed that one. It just passed that one. Oh, look, it just passed an uh, armored vehicle. Here's the problem, guys. Here's the problem with a video like this. Speed, how fast a truck can go up a hill has to, do, has to do with a few things. One of them is how much weight it's hauling. We have no idea how much weight it's hauling. Tesla Semi, you guys haul laced potato chips. You haul air with those things, and they break down like 90% of the time. In fact, Michael Lombard, he's a truck driver, he said, Wow, look, guys, this empty drive van being hauled by a truck with a 90% breakdown right past a Peterbilt hauling a effing light armored assault vehicle. Canadian account, too. Is this literally a meme? <laughs> <laughs> Dad of two roadside says, got to be CGI or he's having a hard time maintaining his lane and his merge back to the right was suspect. Joe Gramp says, uh, driving like an idiot, I might add. So that's on brand. Luke, Christ, maintaining a lane seems to be spot on. Weston Hayes, that Peterbilt is beautiful. New Jersey trucker. But I also see the big truck running you down before the video cut. Just saying, you know what? They could have caught up to you quite easily. This truck driver just got his hammer down all the way to the floor. What do you guys think? I canceled my Cybertruck order yesterday. Not because that video, because I'm in the minivan mafia. That's why I canceled it yesterday, and I remembered. Elon had $100 for me, and I could use that. Why not? In this economy. You know what? You ever have a summer job? What was your best summer job? I've always wanted to work in an amusement park. Uh, this guy looks like he's having a great time. Hold on, ladies. There's a knot in the chain. Let me fix it. Let me fix it.
my guys. My dummy. I'm so dumb, I forgot to put the shoulder straps on. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Your shoulder straps, they're right behind you. You gotta pull them on down. Hold on, guys. This is just cool, empty. Though. I think I know what's wrong. It ain't got no gas in it. Hold on. Something wrong with the thingamadoodle. Let me check it out real quick. All right. All right, let's drop this guy right here. Hey, everybody, Wednesday, we'll be back. We are coming to you live from the Enterprise Fleet Summit. That's July 19, 2023. Happens all day um, on, what is it on now? We don't have Freightwaves TV anymore. Maybe YouTube. I get live.freightwaves.com. You can go to it. It'll probably be on YouTube and LinkedIn and all that. Uh, not tv.freightways.com, because that, that's not here anymore. So, yeah, check out the YouTube while you're there. We're at Freightways YouTube. Subscribe. Go What the Truck playlist with all, I don't know, 604 of our episodes after today. Hey, Rick Larkin's there in his safety vest. Looking good, Rick. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find What the Truck all over social at FW What the Truck. Put a little at in front of there. See you back here Friday. Take care, and don't be a stranger!